Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely spot here, isn't it, by the Billabong? Well, it's a magical place where men can meet and swap our stories. I've been coming here for years, heard stories from all over this place. Hell, I've been all over the place myself, seen it all. Well, that's it, go on, just settle back. Perhaps have some of this. That's it, wet your whistle. Play the throff of a couple, and let me tell you a story. A story about a scientist from the year 1928, and a discovery that changed his life forever. Wednesday the 13th of October. I stand alone again on the beach and wave at the ferryman who has dropped off his supplies. I have five kilos of rice, tinned fruit and preserved meat. I made the mistake of asking which meat. Ha! Kangaroo, mate! He barked gruffly. Barry the ferryman, my only friend for miles. I watch as the ferry trudges over the horizon, heading back to civilization with my findings and recommendations. The black smoke disappears from the sky. I sigh to myself. The world slows down once more. Time alone is good, but too much time can cause problems. Your days are measured by the rising and setting sun. The clock becomes a secondary concern. It takes three trips back to the shack to bring my supplies from the beach. The shack was built back in the late 1800s using the only source available, wood. It's small and creaks throughout the night as the coastal storms batter her about. I often have to do the repairs myself to stop her toppling over, and I often worry the bloody thing will come down on top of me during my sleep. That night, I pry open my first can of the season. The smell. How do you get used to that smell? But you do. When my rations are low and I'm on fish again, I dream of this jellied muck. So after my meal, I get back to work. My studies have taken me along the coast of the Great Barrier Reef, taking my little boat out to the Great Drop-Off. When you dive down, you have a brief glimpse of that edge, that drop-off to nothing, a dark blue world. I'm not afraid to say it. It gives me a chill on some days. Today I continue my scout for spores and jellies for the possibility of discovering a new substance that can be perfumed or used as a gel. Something to make our domestic lives better or improve our medicines, but mainly to make my employers stinking bloody rich. I chip away and collect samples, take notes and keep my samples all preserved in little jars with seawater. That evening, I finish my work on the beach and watch a large storm chase the setting sun. I heave my little dinghy up the beach and tie it to the nearest palm tree, and then I bury the anchor. This is going to be a big one.
The wind blew and blew all night, battered my little shack. I bunkered down as I have before and waited it out. I had some fresh cigars and puffed away. Eventually, I drift off. I wake to the stillness. The storm has passed and the heat is back. I get up and head down to the beach to see the damage and see what has been stirred up onto the coastline. I walk down and I can see that my dinghy has come loose throughout the night. The tide rose and swept it away. I cursed to myself. As I looked around, I run back to the shack and grab my binoculars. Scanning the horizon, I spot my little boat. It looks as if the anchor has caught itself on the precipice of the reef. I rip off my shirt and run into the water and start to swim out to salvage the boat before it comes loose and drifts off forever. I manage to get to the boat and my two oars are still secure. Then I turn my attention to the anchor. Looks like it has gone down deeper than I can dive in one breath. I clamber out onto the boat and pull open a hessian sack in which I keep a very long length of pipe attached to a helmet. This allowed me to get to the depths I needed for samples. Over I go, and down I go. I take grip of the anchor's chain and slowly pull myself down, down until I reach the reef's edge. There, the anchor is hooked under a large piece of brightly coloured reef. I dig my feet under a piece of rock and begin to tug on the anchor. That's when I saw it. Glowing. Not a shimmer, but glowing. I stop and decide to take a closer look. I swim over and can see the glowing is coming from a coral flume, roughly one meter in diameter, stretching off the reef a couple of feet. I swim over and hover over the light, peering into the flume, and what I saw, I could not believe. A tiny little city built in the reef. I wiped the mist from my helmet to get a better look closer I peered. It was magnificent. An entire tiny underwater city constructed around the walls of the flume. Their buildings were grand and shimmered like diamonds. There were little roads that wove throughout. It looked like a bustling metropolis. I peered closer and to my amazement I could see little creatures start to gather in groups, and I swear they were looking up at me. I let go of the flume, gasping at what I'd seen. Then I heard the anchor come loose, and I managed to swim over and grab hold of it as the tide pulled me away from the glowing flume. I swam to the top. Once I was back at the beach, I secured my boat and sat there exhausted. It took all my energy to pull up that anchor and row back into shore. What did I see? I wondered, uh, an underwater mirage? 
No, surely not. Not that I was not seeing properly at that depth, but I knew that this required further investigation, further study. A week later, I decided to go and have another look and try to find this glowing flume. I tracked my location from the coastal markers and dropped anchor. I was worried I'd drop it right on top of their tiny little city. I secure my helmet and untangle the pipe and over I dove. Down I went, down and down. As the world grew darker, I swam across the edge of the reef, looking, searching. Stopping for a moment, I looked around. So peaceful. I must have been down there for 20 minutes before I found it. The flume, glowing in the dark blue. I swam over and gently held onto the edge and peered in. There it was. The tiny, bustling little world. The bright colours, blues and greens and pinks. This time, I leaned in closer for a better look. My shadow covered the entire city, and I could make out the little creatures. They scurried around. I wondered if I scared them. I'd say they looked like little jelly beans. That's the only way I can describe them. Yes, jelly bean men. I manoeuvred around to get a better look at the buildings, and I accidentally knocked loose a tiny piece of the flume. It floated down and crashed into one of the streets. Slowly, they all started to pour out of their little buildings and gather together to form one solid unit. It stretched out to cover the entire entrance of the flume. It was marvellous, and I watched as little men morphed together and the colour changed to a dark brown. They were imitating dead coral. I gently pulled tweezers and tried to collect a sample. But it was hard. It was solid. It was protected. After some time, I realised I had been locked out and decided I needed to return to the surface. I sat on top of the water, eating my lunch, planning my next move when I saw something slither up my anchor and move towards me. It was so small and quick, I thought it was a fly or a worm, but it moved towards me with intent, focus. I sat stunned, watching, as it jumped onto my knee, then my chest. I leapt up and fell overboard. I felt it enter my ear. I scrambled back onto the boat, and stuck my finger in my ear trying to dig it out. I pulled anchor and rowed back into shore and ran to the shack. I grabbed a mirror and tried to see where this stuff had gone. Nothing. No pain. But I can feel it blocking. Foreign. I couldn't sleep that night, knowing that thing was in my ear. I stood up and decided to go down to the beach. The night looked different. The night looked brighter. I walked along the narrow path, and when I came out onto the beach, I stopped dead in my tracks. I gasped. 
dropping my cigar. The reef was glowing in the darkness. I could see hundreds of little glowing colonies, cities, villages, all hidden somehow. You see us. I screamed. I'm not afraid to admit it. I screamed out loud. I shook where I stood. There, I thought I was completely alone for miles, not a human in months, and now I'm hearing voices. I thought I'd lost my mind. Yes, I see you. I am Peter. Peter Verma. From South Australia. Originally from England, a long, long time ago. Yes. I come from a city called Adelaide. I sat on the beach and spoke with them for the entire evening. They were called the Carla, and they told me stories from the first time they saw humans. They talked of tall ships and sails and bloodshed. They must have seen the first settlers arrive, but that was over 2,000 kilometers away. They are a vibrant society who live amongst the reefs surrounding the entire country. It was incredible. I apologized to them about my intrusion and said I would like to keep speaking to them if they wanted to. They agreed, and then I felt that little thing, liquid, in my ear, evaporate. The ferryman arrived the following day with the mail and to collect my findings. I winced when I saw him carelessly throw his anchor over the side, knowing now about the little population living beneath the water. The gruff man looked perplexed when I had little or no samples or mail to send back. He shrugged and left. My time with the Carla was brief, but in the next two months I spent with them, I learned about their culture and history. They had been here for a long, long time and their technology was incredible. They had left the planet centuries ago and returned. They had adventures and colonised other bodies of water. They have little interest in humans and think we are a very barbaric species that one day will go the way of the dinosaur. I informed them I had to go back to the university to report my findings, but I promised I would keep my lips sealed about the Kala. I continued to visit for the next 20 years. Somehow, they would always know when I was there, and I'd hear them greet me out of the blue. I relished my time with the Kala. They were an amazing little society, culturally rich and diverse, a society that we could certainly learn from. After two world wars, and now this war in the Gulf, I find myself agreeing with the Kala and wonder if we will go the way of the dinosaur. Trips became fewer and fewer, and eventually 
I was too old to make the trip. The reef slowly died off as the years progressed, and the planet heated up. And I wondered about my little jelly bean men, my little reef people, if they were still here, or if they had left us fleeing to the stars. Hi there, and thanks for listening to the episode entitled The Reef People. The radio play was performed by the very talented Gregory Kane, written by Adrian Barker, sound production was recorded by Robert Healy. Please come back and join us next time by the Billabong. <laughs>